Hi everyone, it's Jack from the pod here. Um, just a quick note to let you know that you know this pod is for entertainment purposes. You know, and these are these are our opinions. Um, and it's yeah, it's just here to have some fun and hopefully you know provide some insight. So don't take this too seriously, um, and please keep that in mind when you're listening. Thank you very much. Enjoy the podcast. Good afternoon and welcome to episode 13 of From the Backseat Football Podcast. It's your usual lineup, so myself, Jack, um, and co-host Hugh today. Um, how are you, Hugh? I'm very well, thank you. It's been a, it's been a strange day. I, I don't know if you've been watching it over there in Porto, but obviously we've had the uh, Her Majesty's funeral today, which was, it was really interesting to watch. I don't know if you caught any snippets of it, but the whole ceremony... And the pageantry was on form for Queen Lizzie to send her off, as she should have been. So, yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting bank holiday. I associate bank holidays with a, a different, very different feeling. I should say, I'm usually hungover in bed with McDonald's. So <laughs> it does feel, yeah, it does feel like history's been made today. So yeah, it's been nice. Yeah, how's everything over in Porto? It's, yeah, it's good. Thank you. I haven't had an opportunity to catch it yet, so I'm going to have to watch it after this. Because yeah, you're right. It's a significant moment in history, and you need to watch those things and really soak it in. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, spilled over into the football. It was a strange weekend of football. Um, there was yeah, all definitely. the respect being paid in the first minute and in, then in the 70th minute as well to mark the 70 years of her reign. Um, so we got a slightly shortened episode and lineup today, and we're going to make the most of it. We're going to keep this under an hour and a half. Saying it at the top, I reckon an hour 15, because there were some pretty boring games towards the end. Um, mm. So I think games for you um, on this episode. And I know th- I know where you want to go. I know exactly which game you want to go to straight away, but I think we have yeah, to start. Yeah, um, I'll be honest, I'm not happy about this schedule that you've put together here. Third! <laughs> Third! <laughs> no, mate. You're joking. We, we'll, Can't believe we'll that. We'll, we'll pull it into Can't second, believe. maybe. At least second. I mean, the... The disgrace of having to put this one first. So oh, outrageous, mate. Outrageous, but it's okay. We're, it, we're professionals. We're professionals, mate. I'm not biased. I'm gonna try my best not to be. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, there's only one one place to start. I think, despite the bias, um, and that's Tottenham versus Brentford Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. Tottenham Leicester. I think. Yeah, I think this is fair. On reflection. Definitely. So yeah, Tottenham 6, Leicester 2. Honestly, overall as a neutral, just a really good game. Felt like it had it all. I don't think there was a red card, so that's all that's probably missing. But yeah, penalties, retaking penalties for goalkeeper, encroachment, a variety of different goals, controversy, and jeopardy at the end of it, you know? Because now it feels like it might be the end of an era for uh, Brendan and Rodgers. So mm. I feel like we should probably start with Leicester. Simply because... I, think I don't know, actually. End. We've got a bit of a knack for always starting and going in depth on the losing team. Okay. So why right. don't we break tradition and just get Spurs out of the way? Do you know what? Just let's, let's, just, let's just talk about Son then, mate. He's, yeah, he's back. He's back, baby. Son we said it back. last week, didn't we? We said it last week. We said if we rested him, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world and didn't need to make a big deal. He's rested him. 
come on 30 minutes against you know Leicester were looking pretty short of confidence by then still what a hat trick that was eh <laughs> left foot right foot that's what Son can do I reckon his XG was probably like 1.1 but he got yeah. three goals so when he's on form like that you know he's undroppable um, but yeah he didn't look happy about being dropped did he muted celebrations from him yeah, he didn't. He was very, uh, very hard on himself as well, saying his goals were lucky. I mean, one was probably lucky. The other two were just like phenomenal. So I think he yeah. needs to give himself a bit of credit. Like most people, don't score those goals, especially not left foot, right foot. He's so two footed. I know. Him and De Bruyne like carbon are, copies. Yeah, they're the only ones really goal. who are lethal yeah. with both. Yeah. No, it's. It's 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 scary to see him firing back on all cylinders, and I think Conte's done a trick by just dropping him. Um, and yeah, definitely came back with a point to prove. And yeah, it's just going to kickstart a season from here on. You can feel it, can't you? You can mm-hmm. feel it just get gaining momentum. So yeah, um, I mean, what I will say is Leicester just didn't look up for it after the fourth goal went in or the third goal when he scored. No. Um, yeah, we're going to come back to Leicester. We're going to come back to Leicester. We're going to keep it on top. It's just difficult. It's difficult it's hard, to stay on top because of how bad Leicester were. But okay. I mean, let's ben- talk about that goal when Didi just got robbed by Ben Tanker. What yeah. is going on there? Ben Tanker just- had a good game, but yeah, that was just that was rubbish. Oh, ben Tanker had a really good game. I was happy he got a goal. Um, he's probably underrated because when he didn't play for Tottenham, I always thought he was like an exceptional midfielder. And then when he joined mm-hmm. Tottenham, I was a bit surprised that they got him for such a like low price. So it almost made me reevaluate. I was like, maybe he's not as good as I thought. So he was what, like twenty five mil, and you know, Juventus yeah, quite average to let him go. Deals. So I just thought, yeah, maybe he's actually just quite average. But he was he was probably the best midfielder in this game. Uh, ran the yeah, show, he ran through them. Big yeah, energy, yeah, yeah. big bite, got a goal. I think he got probably got an assist as well. It's hard to keep track, to be honest. <laughs> what happened with all the goals? A lot went down. A lot went down for sure. Um, yeah, I thought he had a great game, to be honest. He looks a lot kind of stronger than I was expecting him to be. I just thought he'd be like a Danny Ceballos, quite slight, mm. looked pretty in possession, but ultimately just not that effective. And he's anything but. He's looking like a really solid partner for for Holberg, Holberg, however you want to say it. So, yeah. But I mean, what does it say about your team when you can just do that? Like, it's such a horrible goal to concede, isn't it? Like yeah. confidence draining kind of goal to concede and I think oh, from that point on the game was Tottenham's to win and I have to say like the penalty was really soft for Leicester um, it was soft it was just a bit stupid really just like just, an unnecessary clumsy challenge but it was on the line though and they said that was a penalty if it's on the line I'm like well the rules must have changed because I always assumed if it was on the line it was a free kick like when they made contact for the tackle like, who was it? Davison Sanchez on Davison Sanchez yeah don't know who it was on no Either way, I, I mean, I, it, yeah. it doesn't matter, does it? It actually made no difference. They mm. even got to take it again, and they still conceded six goals. Sorry, Tottenham, but it's just like this is the story. Like it's Leicester. Leicester is the story. Tottenham had a really good game. It was honestly probably not even that hard for them. Um, just removes any pressure that Tottenham had, I think, on them. Yeah, because there were some grumbles. There were some grumbles like midweek, but yeah, they're chilling. Son's back. They've got a lot of firepower. Like Charleston's yeah. good form. Kane's. I think at home they're a strong proposition. I feel like away at Tottenham's going to be a tough game for everyone this year. Yeah, I think they'll improve as the season goes on. But they look good. They look really good. Okay, on to Leicester. Where to begin? Leicester have now <sighs> conceded eleven goals in two matches to Brighton and to Tottenham, and twenty-five this season already. 
to put that this perspective. Is, this is the scary. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you go. You Chelsea. Go. Lay it on him. Do you remember, do you remember that, that greatest ever season at Chelsea under Mourinho? They conceded like 14 goals across a whole season. So Leicester's yeah, already yeah. conceded no, double. they're free-falling, mate. They're free-falling. This is what I mean. It's the manner of the defeats that's the most worrying thing. Yeah. Like you could forgive two ones. You can forgive last minute. Well, you can't, but if you're in the context of things, what this is a pattern of getting smashed. Like we put four past them at the Emirates, you know, six past them here, five past them last game. It's just they're so like lacking in confidence now. Um, and I mean, two goals conceded from corners in the first half. It's just unforgivable. Like they just don't know how to defend corners. It's a joke. It's um, actually a joke. Apparently, they've brought in a set piece coach. They've brought in different too little, people too to late. fix it. Yeah. It's made no difference. They just can't mm. defend crosses. Um, yeah, Tottenham actually scored three goals. One was ruled out for a very soft foul on the goalie, and then another oh, that's right. header yeah, hit right. the crossbar. So yeah, it's just just rubbish. Like it's honestly really rubbish, and there's just too many things going wrong. Yeah, everything looks wrong right there. Um, yeah. I do wonder how much is down to losing Casper um, Schmeichel because Danny Ward. We didn't know what to expect from him, but. I'm not saying a lot of this is his fault. I think he's come in at a really bad time, but also he doesn't inspire confidence. You know, when you are the goalie, nah, the team he was looking, conceded the most goals. It's not a great look. He's looking flappy. He doesn't look confident, like you say, and he's not. He's not shouting at his defenders. There just doesn't seem to be any communication. Like it's just, yeah, it's a real worry. You know, no one should be conceding that many goals from from corners. No, um, and it's it's not even just this game. You know, every game they look susceptible to a cross. I think we got a goal against them from a corner. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I think I, the stat is like from the beginning of last season, it's something like 24, 25, 26 goals conceded from corners, which mm. is insane. Mm. I just can't see Brendan Roger picking them up. They need a change. Like they look like they need a change, and unfortunately, even the teams around them in the relegation zone, you can see all of those teams moving up the table at some point. Yeah. Um, and they are, you know, they're seven points behind Bournemouth now. Just to put it into context, who are many people's favourites to go down. So, I think change has got to come this side of the World Cup, yeah. uh, especially with a big run of games coming. I will be, I'll be shocked if Brendan's still there after the international break. I'm pretty sure this is it. He's done now. Um, I don't know who comes in. <laughs> I really, really, really want Sean Dyche to come in, man. The spectre just, of Sean Dyche. Just, nah, nah. Think about happen, this, mate. Think about this. They conceded a lot from corners. Did Burnley ever get bullied like this? No, they didn't. They were no, solid, and they Burnley had Chris Wood, and he they, he made Chris Wood look good. You know, imagine uh, what he could do with actual good players. I just feel like bring him anti-thesis. in. No, no. Leicester fans have got to have a bit more ambition than that. I think they'll find someone. Do you have, I have any, no idea who? Any thoughts? No. You know, there you go. No. Sean Dyche I mean, for now. What they'd need to do is they'd need to contact Tony Bloom at Brighton and ask him <laughs> to sell him some candidates. Um, Who else was on your yeah, list uh, apart from the guy they hired? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like I don't really know anymore. Tommy Tuchel, don't think he fancied it somehow. Um, Botch, yeah, Tommy Tuchel's probably wouldn't fancy it. Yeah, he's a lot more be... defensive. I can see him going for like a Bundesliga manager. Who's the guy at Mines? He's pretty highly rated at the moment. The guy at Mines 04, so. Maybe him, I'll say him. But either way, they've got to, they've got to make a change soon because they're just getting spanked. You know, like two goals away, you should be looking at getting a draw, really. Yeah. Do you know what totally. I mean? You shouldn't be completely out of the game when you've scored two away. It's the same against us. It's just, yeah, they're it's just, they're free falling, mate. They're free falling, and Brenda. It's really sad, isn't it? Because we're we're all backing Brenda at Leicester. 
But I think I yeah. think it's curtains. What do you think's next for him? Because this is this happened at Liverpool quite dramatically, and now it's happened yeah. at Leicester. They're both preceded by really awful transfer windows as well. So there's now a trend. I don't know where I don't know where he falls, like where his stock is after this, because Leicester's kind of like feels about right for him. So the only way he seems to be down. I yeah I don't know. Well, does he fancy the Prem again? Let's be fair. You can see him getting a chance at a Premier League club. Um, let's say Fulham part with Marco Silva. Let's say Marco Silva gets a better job offer, and Fulham a mid table. You 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 take a chance on Brendan. If Roy Hodgson can get jobs up until last year in the Premier League, then <laughs> it's not over. For, it's not over for Brendan Rodgers by any means. The disrespect. Put some respect on Roy's name. Come on, oh, man. Oh come the on. The disrespect. Come on. This guy's managed Inter Milan. Oh, give over. Come on. That Watford. <laughs> that Watford Rome was a disaster. Um, but I do feel, yeah, like Brendan would need a rehabilitation period, a la his Celtic time, at times at Celtic even, where, you know, the pressure was off. He could develop his, his, his style again and away from the pressure of the Prem. Hot Does he take. jump straight into another Prem? No. Hot take, I've got for you. He's mm. going to join Sevilla. That's my hot take. I believe he speaks mm. fluent Spanish. I can see him being a bit of a, you know, just a bit of a man of culture out there. I can see him in Spain. And I think the style would football suit him. And Lopetegui is dying at the moment. Sevilla, ter- is it? Yeah, Lopetegui's at Sevilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he's going to be out. So that's my hot take. Brendan's going to rock up at Sevilla. You won't even realise it's happened. You'll see him in Europa League and be like, "Surely not. That's not Brendan's yeah, there." I could, I, weirdly, I could see Brendan there. You know, like Sociedad. Yeah. Or um, yeah, Sevilla. Sevilla be a good shout. Yeah. Will either side be brave enough to to do that? Who knows? But it could be it could be a really because also Monchi could then do all the recruitment for Brendan, exactly. so Brendan can just concentrate on coaching, which I think is what he's best at. So yeah, I'll be surprised. Hot take, but I'll be surprised if Brendan survives until the next game for Leicester. That's not a hot take, mate. You can't lose five two to Brighton and six two to Spurs and have one point and then yeah. But you think if he was going to get five, he'd be fired by now. No, nah, international breaks a good time. He's done so. Sean Dyche, bring him in, bring him in. Oh, mate, Sean out. Imagine Surely how much not. he's imagine how much he's learnt, mate, in the last few months. You know, away from Nothing. the game. Nothing. All he's done is been down the pub and had a nice pint of beer, and just thought <laughs> I overachieved at Burnley, which he absolutely did. And exactly. you know, if anything, he's just going to be more ingrained that he's right. And why wouldn't he? Because he overachieved at Burnley. So, look, looks can be deceiving. Is what I'm going to say. <laughs> well, when did you become such a Sean Dyche advocate? I, Look, I listened to an interview this. with him. It was like a 20 minute interview. He was talking mm. about what he's been up to since he left. And I was like, what's he been up to then? Well, he's just been, he's been going to a lot of different sporting events and stuff like that. And just like meeting people in like TEDx or F1 or whatever. And just getting a broader sense of what elite performance looks like in a broader capacity. Not just football, you know. And just try and uh, understand, know you know, what That's he a bit can of just take a humble brag, isn't it? It's like saying, "Oh, I had box seats at Wimbledon." Yeah, no, nice no. one, mate. Well done, well done. You're not no. going to get any mentality from that, are you? <laughs> <laughs> at the haters. end of the day, you're watching F1. Haters, race. Mate. Don't you? listen to him, Sean, mate. He's hating. If, if I'm watching F1, how how is that any different? Okay, yeah, maybe I'm hating. You know what, Sean? You probably are bettering yourself. And you know, let's be fair. What am I doing in my life? Let's be fair. So. Um, all I'm saying is, it's like, no, he's not the man for Leicester. All right, you've made me go on a tangent. He's not the man for Leicester. I reckon it's it's firefighter Klaxon, mate. It's 
it's, I don't think no, it's not quite firefight. It's time yet, though. It's is time, it? mate. No, you don't, don't need to leave so. it this late. Just get Sean they in. Need a pro- they need a project right. manager because they're good enough to stay up. So they need someone who want to build around. Sean Dyche until June. Just a short-term contract, low risk, solidify things. Oh, mate. Retrain them how to defend. How much corners. is Sean paying you, eh? How much is Sean paying you for yeah. this plugin? I've got this two clients on my books, as you know. <laughs> this has come out yeah. of nowhere. nowhere. He heard of all my good work with Daddy Inks and he got in touch, all right? <laughs> you rascals. All right, well, Sean saying. for Lester then. Should we put yeah. a bet on it? I told you we should do some trivial bets like this because yeah. you never know it could happen and then... Yeah, I'm not going to put a bet on it because people just don't listen to my hot takes because they're like, that's, so that's too yeah. radical. Yeah, okay. And then they'll okay. hire someone silly and then they'll wish mm. they... They'll get... This will be a hot take. They get Sean Dyche in April, having fired the next person and realised a massive mistake. Then they <laughs> ring the klaxon. I mean, I just think avoid Sean Dyche altogether. But anyway, this isn't about Sean. He's not even in the Prem yet. So, all that said and done, I'll ask you Let's, this question. Okay. Do you think Leicester are going to stay up? I think you know my answer, mate. If they hire Sean Dyche, mate, top eight. <laughs> but if they don't... If they if they oh stick with Brendan for the whole season, I honestly would worry about them. I think they'd be like Everton. The pressure would start to crank up, but they look terrible at the moment. Any manager coming in's got a big ask on their hands, but there's so much potential there. You see, they've just got their plans to redevelop one of their stands and extend it. They may want to put that um, on hold. Well, this is what I thought. I'm like, this isn't great timing, guys. You're sliding down the table, but you know, this is what I think. With all that in mind, he's he's going to go. Be interesting to see because there aren't any weak teams, man. There doesn't seem to be. No. Okay, there's a few, but you know everyone's fighting for their life out here, mate. And you can't be losing six two. That's for sure. Every week. Oh, for sure. Leicester is a team everyone wants to play next week. They're rubbish. They're, yeah. they're absolutely yeah. rubbish at the moment. Gagging to play them, me. <laughs> Same. Right. All right then. Fine. We'll stick to your schedule since you've scheduled it like that. But I just want to know the reasoning by putting Wall City ahead of Brentford Arsenal, other than spite. Oh, I just thought there was more to talk about, really. Because otherwise, you know, then I can just take a back seat for Brentford <laughs> Arsenal. You know? So part two's all me, yeah? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can just, you know, get get what I want to say out there and then just have a little pause. Fine. Okay, I accept that. I mean, you just want to talk about how good Grealish, Grealish was this game, don't you? I mean, I don't want to say that he's listened to the podcast, but he definitely has. Oh, I think he has, you know. I think it's definitely us that <laughs> has given <laughs> no one else, to score. No one else no. has been saying he's been playing badly. No, no, no. We came, we came onto that scoop first. So exactly. Yeah, I mean, first minute goal kind of kills the game in a way, especially when you're playing against City. Like, yeah, like, shit, shit. It, it did kill the game. Um, mm. That was unfortunate because, yeah, a goal after one minute and then a red card for Collins, it was over before the first half was even done. And it honestly, by then as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, so. Wolves. Wolves weren't even that bad. Wolves were competing relatively okay. If they got in at nil nil, they may have nicked it. But yeah, they just don't. They don't they're not very clinical. Wolves. So it's always going to be like a Ruben Neves thirty yarder realistically against City. You know, just one of those yeah. freak goals. A lot of clearances off the line against City. And yeah, they think they didn't get the luck. They unfortunately. Just... Look, re- they lack cutting edge wolves. Majorly. I don't think Diego Costa is the man to. Although, as much as I rate Diego Costa, I think a 34 year old Diego Costa, maybe even 35 or 33, I don't know. It's just not enough. I don't know who where their goal threat's coming from. Jimenez is a good player, yep. but does not put it away um, enough. And I think 
he was at his best when he was playing with Diogo Jota. Since he's gone, he just hasn't looked the same, and maybe since the injury as well. Yeah, um, that's fair. I mean, they've got a lot of those style players, though, like Traore. You know, you think he's good, but he doesn't get any numbers. Pedence, though, isn't he? Not Pedence playing. is not a bad player, but he's yeah. just he's streaky, he's patchy, you know. And Pedro then Neto again. Neto's good a good player. player. Guedes, good player. There's a lot of good players there, but they're almost much of muchness. They've all kind yeah. of got similar attributes and qualities, and maybe that's why they brought Diego Costa in, just to just to have a something different. I mean, he's just a big physical presence. They, yeah, it feels like quite an unbalanced team, doesn't it? Everyone like, wants to play around the box, don't they? No one wants to get in the box. Yeah, and like Guedes, Neto, Podence. I'm sure there are different differences between their play, but ultimately, you know, they are very similar players. Yeah. And yeah, I just it's yeah, a wild I don't know, I worry, worry about them. I worry about them this season. Like, I've watched quite a few Wolves games since the start of the season, and every time they've just you know, as you say, they are relying on that kind of moment of of, of 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 genius from like from Neves to to bang it in one and ones and not being put away like against Bournemouth for example it's a game they really need to be winning and they just mm-hmm. they can't put it in so yeah bit yeah, of a worry slight concerns but you just feel like it'll just click at some point and they'll just win like 4-1-0 in a row and then they'll be fine you know I thought Bruno was trying to imp- Bruno Lage their, their, their head coach I thought he was trying to implement like an attacking style I thought that's why they branched away from Nuno well, I think um, he is, but maybe it's a harder thing to solve than. But is it a personnel problem then? Do you know what I mean? Like, is it? Is it just that they don't have the right players, and then you have to question their their transfer strategy if that's the case? Potentially, I mean, it just it just feels like if you parachuted in Mitrovic or just someone like that, things mm. you, we wouldn't be having this conversation. They just need someone different. They keep buying the same player. In fairness, um, didn't they buy that absolute yeah, from exactly. German football and he got and he, injured straight away? Yeah, so yeah fair so enough. They've yeah. been unfortunate. That's unfortunate, yeah, I agreed there. Fair enough. Um, right, what else should we talk about? Grealish. First first goal of the season after seven games. That means he's on for, what, five this season, which would be more than double last season. But yeah. he needs to kick on. He needs to you know, put in another big performance next, next week. He doesn't have to score a goal every week, but he just needs to not be the obvious substitution at 60 minutes if things aren't going well you know he needs to become a much bigger mm. goal threat and just play with more freedom he looked like he, it was but probably his best game thing. I've been thinking about the Grealish and the whole debate a mm. lot since well not a lot since the last pod but I've been thinking about it and I think there is an element that he's having to change his game to how Pep wants to play I actually think Pep doesn't want him to take people on and Pep doesn't want him to go for goals like that because what he does at the moment is people are wary of that, so they double up on him, and he creates space for other players to get in. And although I haven't been as diligent as I probably should have been and checked if you know, how many goals were scored or what the XG was when Grealish was in the team, even if he didn't actually have a goal involvement compared to when he was out of the team, I think that's probably a truer way of looking at it. Because, um, I mean, City, you know, they, 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 don't, they don't need him to score 10 goals, do they? I know it'd be nice for him and for England and whatnot, but, you know... Maybe Foden's being able to play better because Grealish, you know, gets that space. This is all hypothesizing, by the way. This is this is not based in data, fact, or anything. Yeah, um, I get what you're saying. Oh, do you wanna? No, I was just I'll, I'll summarize it as I round it off even as I think he's adapting his game to how Pep wants him to play at the cost of like his own personal stats and you know sacrificing just his natural player playing, which is way more fun to watch. Um, yeah, for the team. 
like um, and I think that's a hard position to probably be in but then ultimately I also thought Kevin De Bruyne has no problem with getting assists and goals so yeah don't know yeah. don't know I mean I think when he's on the pitch they they generally look a worse team when you compare to having Foden Bernardo Silva and you know whoever else on just like yeah those guys don't sacrifice numbers um, they impact mm. the game more than him so I I reckon maybe it's taken him a long time to adjust to how Pep wants him to play and once he's got the, f- the fundamentals down like where he needs to be what he needs to do then he can reintroduce, reintroduce a bit more creativity within that defined structure maybe they've had to sort of break him down and then he can sort of reintroduce and build himself back up once he yeah. knows what to do where to be he can then start to play around with that a bit more. Maybe it's slightly more complex than he was used to. And it's not just oh, mate, taking I mean, people on for the sake of it, you know. There's a time for it and there's a there's an angle yeah, definitely. and all that stuff. But when you say it's more complicated, I mean, it has to be. When you've got Cancelo behind you as your left back, like, that's got to be so complicated to play with, like, <laughs> any other team in the yeah. world. Because, you know most of the time he's there covering you or doing the overlap Cancelo is like on the other side of the pitch doing bloody <laughs> outside of the big passes so I think yeah like adapting as Cancelo had to as well and Cancelo, and Cancelo admitted to um, and you know look where he is now as a, as a player um, yeah that adaptation is going to be pretty complex especially for old Jackie Grealish <laughs> yeah, more than most yeah. which you did say at the beginning when we started recording these so steep learning yeah. curve for him but you know I was happy for him I don't want him to do badly. I just think he got a bit... No. Everyone got a bit carried away with someone who had a pretty average season. But people always been carried away with Jack Grealish, even at the World Cup. World Cup, yeah. Euros last year, it was just like way too carried away. Like, he actually didn't do that much that tournament, but people just just felt like he's his maverick that could do something. Um, yeah. yeah. And, we, you know, maybe he we, needs we to not be the maverick. don't we? Yeah, we put too much yeah. pressure on one player every tournament. Um, you know, it was like, it was Beckham, then it was Rooney, and yeah, it was Grealish last summer. We're just like, please save us. Please do everything. Yeah, when actually, like, the collective's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. No. Um, but yeah, good game for him. It was funny that he was looking over his shoulder every time a substitute was made. <laughs> he just knows he knows that he's getting subbed at some point. Yeah. Uh, and he needs to get away from that. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, he needs to get his swagger back. Um, City in general, a, a note on them. They what they almost lost to Villa. They dropped some points and then they're just they're just back. They don't suffer hangovers, do they? City like they play they press so well, so mm. intelligently. They absolutely suffocated Wolves for most of the game. Obviously, it got easier when Wolves had ten. But I mean, overall, like City they didn't even play that well though. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they just, just played seven out of ten. Work, yeah, they just work so hard though. They work so hard off the ball in terms yeah. of just squeezing the space. It must be horrible to play against them. Like as soon as you get the ball, there's someone like nipping at you, and they turn one way, and someone's nipping at you, and then they can all oh, just, yeah, masters, you know, cut you to pieces as soon as they get the ball. So, yeah, they're back, man. No issues for City. The show goes on. No, no. Um, and the the interplay between Haaland, De Bruyne, and Foden, it's primarily good. on the right hand side, is getting scary, isn't it? It's getting good. Foden's getting on the wavelength now. You can feel it. Because yeah. initially it was Haaland on his own in like the first two games. Then De Bruyne started to clock on. Now you feel like Foden's clocking on. The way they're all just kind of interchanging. It makes sure that overlap's always available. And yeah, it's just like, it's just clinical stuff. You can you can see why they they score so many. Like what are you supposed to do against that kind of movement? And just precision, really. De Bruyne, obviously, again, it's just so good, mate. 
So what, two assists for him. Didn't he have the best game? Two assists. You just know what he's no, going to do, though. The way he whips it from the right. Like he's the, so good. The isn't venom he? and the accuracy that he gets. It's just if it hits anyone, it's going in. It feels like yeah. that's how good he is. He's You'd almost good. say the Foden goal was a bit lucky, wouldn't it? Yeah. The way that he finished it. But it's just the quality of the ball. You get something on it, it's a chance it's just going to go in. Exactly. He, he's a beast. Haaland scored again. That's 100, 100 goals, I think, for him in 99 appearances in club football. <laughs> Mental. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, oh. right foot scuff. He still scores, mate. He it's just crazy. hit it so hard, even yeah. though he scuffed it. And you just think, like, this guy's, this guy's unreal. He's like, do you remember Adriano? Like, left-footed Adriano for Inter. Yeah. Where he hit it so hard, and you're just like, this guy is a joke. But he wasn't fast, so you could kind of have time they to set yourself. He also had no right foot, whereas yeah. Haaland obviously has a right foot too. Um, it's just inevitable, really, isn't it? It's just You, you see City 2-0 up or 3-0 up, you expect him to see, score at least one. Um, what I like about it, though, is just like, he doesn't get a lot of touches. You know, like Lukaku, but he makes the most every time. Like and he, he doesn't like, you never see him bitching and moaning, really. Maybe like if Foden doesn't square it to him, which has happened a couple of times this season already. Um, but most of the time, he just works bloody hard, doesn't he? And like when the chance comes, he's so keen to take it. Yeah. Like it's like whatever's happened before, no matter how many he's missed, he takes it one by one. Um, and I think that's a true striker mentality. So yeah, he's he is. Like, he's almost like a poacher, but he's so much more. Like he always makes these runs again and again and again. He never gets the ball. And he just carries on doing it like a machine. And then yeah, when, that's when it, it gets to yeah. him, he's just like, yep, goal, thank you. It's consistency. And people are like, well, it's a tapping. It's like he's been making that all game. Yeah. It's just that one time the ball went to where he was expecting it to go to. So anticipation, 10 out of 10. Add that to his game. He's Pfft, elite. In the Premier League. He's, he's broken elite. the Prem. Literally. He, I think he's on course for like 55 goals based on current form and allowing yeah. a little drop off. So God knows. All we know is that, barring injury, there's a new goals record. Sure. I was, I was, I was explaining him to Tash yesterday. We were watching some of his funniest interviews, and she loved it. Um, and I was explaining <laughs> how she's, how it's just broken the prem. And she was like, "Well, even better than Ronaldo." And I thought about it, and I was like, "Even Ronaldo wasn't this good." If we're talking purely goals, no, I think like Ronaldo- we haven't seen this before. Nah, we had Suarez do one season and Salah do one season. They're the ones that I can remember recently where they both got, I think they got 30-ish. But yeah, this guy is like... If he, if he hits 40, this is this is insane. Yeah. 22 is 40 goals. Like If he does 40 goals in the Premier League, he almost, what, he's got 12 now, is it? 12 and 7? Something like that, yeah. That's absolutely fucking insane. You ins- you assume there'll be a drop off, but it just it doesn't feel like it. But you assume there will be a natural drop off because oh, like, don't worry, it's only seven and eleven, eleven and seven even, so you're fine. Rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you remember there was I don't remember who it was, but someone I think it was De Bruyne actually. It had like fifteen assists after like in January. And everyone was like, I think it was Özil. It was. Oh, Ozil, it was. It was Özil. It? it was Özil. Yeah. yeah, yeah and everyone yeah. was like, oh, he's going to get like thirty, and then he didn't even break it. So you never know with these things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Barring an injury, like we don't we don't want to get carried away, but he does look ominous. When do you start getting carried away? You know, he's played ten games for th- for City. I think when he gets to like late twenties, then we can start getting carried away. He's got fourteen and ten across all competitions. I think it's his time to get carried away. 
you know, it's gonna be two seasons in. He's gonna have scored like 150 goals. Be like, oh, it's just wait. The, the drop off is coming. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah, but he's still. <laughs> I don't know, guys. Scored a thousand goals, but he's 38. And I'm like, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Only got, got 15 this season. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like before the season began, we had the Darwin Nunes Harland debate. <laughs> it's so stupid now. It feels so ridiculous. Uh, like, we were just Harland clutching, mate. We were just clutching. We, were like, we need to talk about something fresh, something new. Yeah, yeah. He's just shown himself to be leagues ahead at the moment. So, fair play. Fair do play. You, what okay, can you do? do you think he's the best player in the Prem right now? Oh, ooh. It's hard, isn't it? Are we just talking goals? Because I think De Bruyne probably still is the best for me. Just because De Bruyne is like, he's like a king. You know? Yeah. Like, he's so good. And like, I'm thinking of all the Haaland goals that he's assisted already. You know, like, I think mean, for me, it's it's De, it's De Bruyne. But if you're talking like absolute goal scorer, I think he's probably the best in the last 10 years, just based off this small sample size. Yeah, I think it's between the two of them. I don't think anyone else is in that conversation on current form. Nah. You know, the the sort of previous people not having a great season so far. So, yeah, scary. Nah. And the two, scary times, two most man. informed players are not just playing the same team, but linking up so effectively. They look like they enjoy it. Yeah. And who can blame them? Match made in heaven for them too. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's move on. That's enough. Whoa, 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 whoa. Honourable mention to an amazing red card. Come on. <laughs> like, I loved his protestations. What is this guy on about? Did you see that? Just Kung Fu Jack Grealish. Like, whoa. It was unreal. <laughs> it was I don't know what Grealish had said to him like earlier in the match, but it must <laughs> have been bad. <laughs> Literally, that's the best red I think I've seen this season so far. Um, it was strong. I, was I felt strong. bad for him because he's generally had a pretty solid start to his Wolves career. And yeah. Mate, you can take the man out of Burnley, but you can't take Burnley <laughs> out of the man. You know what I mean? No, it was full chop, full chop. So, 10 out of 10 for that, Nathan Collins. We'll see you in our free games. <laughs> yeah, you love to see it. But yeah, it did ruin the game a bit. But anyway, yeah. onwards and upwards. Do you want to do one Should more? Take do you want to take break? a break? I think take a break. Let's keep it. We're just going to have over the half hour mark, so let's keep it. Let's keep it snappy. Alrighty, let's get it. And we are back to part two of From the Backseat Football Podcast. And now we are moving on to my favourite game of the weekend, uh, for obvious reasons. But in itself, a great result anyway. 3-0 away to Brentford. You know, we no, no one was expecting it to be that easy, I think it's safe to say. And before we actually get started, I will say, I don't know what was going on with Brentford. Um, it was just flat. It felt like a friendly. I don't know if we should take that as a compliment that maybe we've just... I don't know, just take the confidence out of them. But even from the start, you know, I compare it to the Man United game where they smashed them 4-0 earlier in the season and it just didn't seem like the same stadium. I don't know if you if you uh, had any thoughts on that, Jack. It, it was muted. It was just it was just a nice kickabout with the lads, wasn't it? End of the day. It was a nice kickabout with the lads. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think they moved to a back three, which they do against all the big teams and it didn't work very well at all. So I think they probably need to yeah. stop being so conservative against the big boys. Because I don't think they did a back three against Man United. I think they went for them. And that worked a lot better. 
So I think they were overly cautious and there's probably a slight underdog mentality still because, you know, they are still new to the Prem and Arsenal's a historical, like, big boy. So, but, you know, Arsenal's a really good team at the moment, mm. really good form. So Brentford were just a bit Thing off is, it and you never really let them get going. Brentford were competitive up until we scored in the first 15. Like, it was a pretty sloppy game from the first 15. We had a lot of possession. They were looking for the kind of long diagonal balls that we um, were targeting Ben White again. Must have learned from last season, I guess. <laughs> um, but it just didn't work. And I think it was a bit windy that day as well. So it just like it wasn't as, as precise as we've seen it maybe before. And beyond that, they really didn't offer much. Um, back four was looking solid. Uh, Partey was back, which was a big loss. Um, obviously, we didn't have Martin, so it was a debut for Fabio Vieira in that kind of more advanced role. But yeah, we played really well. Like Tierney had a good, solid game. And, you know, I have worried about Tierney at the start of the season. I actually think he's looked a bit off the pace, so it's really good to see him back in the team and, and playing to a good level. Um, and yeah, we're just we're just vanquishing teams at the moment. We are just vanquishing teams away. You give us chances. We was when the first minute Granite Xhaka put it on a plate for Martinelli and he fell. Just yeah, at the, that was a shame. He was about to it, shoot. Was, it was a nice build-up though. Nice like, move. Very precise, very deliberate, and then yeah, just unfortunate the finish. But yeah. Arsenal yeah, are looking so. good, man. The back four is looking really good. I don't remember the last time Arsenal's back four looked so solid, or back five even looked so solid. You know, you don't concede from corners no. anymore. You score from them. Um, apart from when you play Man United and you get a bit too high-lined, um, yeah, you're just decent. Like, there's a good foundation there, yeah. and then Jesus is like the best signing you've made in years. He has yeah. transformed your whole attack so much. Martinelli looks better. Saka doesn't look better currently, but the pressure's not on him, you know. Say that. Still got two assists yesterday, so right. make of that what you will. He's coming in. He's coming in better. But you know what I mean. It used to be if Saka doesn't play well, then this could have easily been. Oh a draw. yeah, yeah. It's what? it's so much more balanced now up top. And like as you say, if one player has an off, there's still two players that'll pick up the slack. So that un- unpredict- unpredictability that we haven't had in previous seasons is there. And uh, what I will say about corners, though. We've been solid on corners for the last couple of seasons now. I know. It's just um, a rep though. Like it's I know it is, isn't it? Like you just think and I think that's the stark difference. You now look at that Arsenal team and they look pretty big. Saliba's big, Gabriel's big, Ben Wire Ryback's big, Tierney's not, you know, a little wuss. And you've got Partey, Xhaka in midfield. Yeah, you know, true, it is true. pretty heavyweight yeah. in the in the pivotal positions. Um and yeah, I just I'm honestly still pinching myself that we're just picking up results like 3 away at Brentford and every time you know it's not Arsenal fans saying that we're going to be title contenders it's everyone else I think a lot of Arsenal fans are pretty realistic and just like mate let's just enjoy this because we've just been so long Yeah, I'm not thinking about winning the title I'm just like long may this form continue and you know well, fans are loving it players look like they're loving it you know that, that's the most important thing at this time it's, let's, let's forget about title It's court. been a lovely start. I think the next two games will uh, really set the mood because I believe it's Man City and Liverpool the next two games after the break. So You won't like me saying it, but I 100% believe we can get a result against you lot. Yeah, this I know. Season, you know. I know, mate. We are <laughs> fucking terrible at the moment. <laughs> I'm sure we can get... If we get a win at Anfield, I feel uh, like that listen, will finally listen, bring this curse listen, going away. Listen, every time... Oh, no, I, Every I, time you play us, so like last season, I was like, oh man, you're playing really well. We still beat you. There's there's a mental blocker there that Arteta No, this is what I mean. With. We've got to break this hoodie. We've really got to break it. And I, it was such a shame we couldn't do it at Old Trafford. So 
Yeah. That this was yeah. I always said from October the first, when the North, first North London derby is, this is going to be a real test. Yeah. But we haven't lost any games other than against big six rivals. If we do that all season, top four is guaranteed. Easy. Do you know what 100%. I mean? Hundred percent. And that's the target. Yeah. So. I think yeah. If you get four four points, if you beat Liverpool and draw with City, then you can start getting very excited. I think so. I think so. And a quick word um, for Fabio Vieira. His prem debut it wasn't bad, was it? I mean, I don't know what happened during most of the game, but there's only one place to start. Really, it's just a really good goal. I feel like isn't it, isn't me? that what he's known for though? He's like if he if he had like a hex of all the things he's good at, it would just be ten out of ten flair, creativity, and just everything else just not that good. He is like the ultimate yeah. flair player, you know. He looks like a good Odegaard backup, doesn't he? Yeah, um, slightly different, but offers pretty much the same, um, and a really well taken finish. It was really funny actually in the in the twelfth minute, he runs for a ball on the right hand side, and of all people. Bend me and chunter it in. <laughs> of course. With the bit between his teeth, he's like, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Literally. And he's absolutely cleaned him out. And it's such a good tackle, mate. It's such a good tackle. But Ben me enjoyed it so much that the camera, as it pans, Fabio Vieira gives a little bit to the assistant manager, almost a bit like, is that, is that loud? Are you joking? Like, is this, is this what oh, I have to deal with? And Ben me just looks back to his keeper and he's got this big grin on his face, like, I've just fucking walloped him. So. <laughs> It was it was a really chastening experience for poor Fabio Vieira at the start. So I'm so happy you got the goal. But yeah, it was so funny. Mate. I absolutely love like, that. Welcome to the Prem, baby. Purist. Exactly. <laughs> it was smacked. Up. Literally, Ben Mee was going for his head. He was like, oh, I'm going to give him a taste of the Prem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was just so stereotypically yeah. British. Yeah, it was brilliant, mate. Absolutely clattered him. So <laughs> Love to see that. Welcome I'm, to the I'm, Prem, Fabi. I'm going to rewatch that because that sounds great. Um I'll send you a clip. It is brilliant, mate. It is brilliant. He's literally priceless. All right, let's um, put a quick timer on this. 45 seconds. Granite Jacker played well. What do you think? Actually, no, more than that. One minute 45. Where are you all now? Right? I've been backing this man for like three years. Right? Even Arsenal fans that I know, if you're listening, where are you? Devious Where Nibster. are you? Where are you? I ain't seeing you now. All I'm seeing is Xhaka love. Eh? Everyone chanting for Xhaka at the end. I've said it from the start. We, he's a, we're a better team when he's playing in our midfield whether you like him or not and I think this season so far one goal three assists from seven games from Granite Xhaka of all people really who can who can say that he actually isn't a top top player like he would walk into Liverpool's midfield right now I don't care what you say mate I don't care he's he's, he's honestly hitting his stride in this advanced kind of box to box role and yeah just like th- honestly I'm g- this is the hottest take the hottest take of the season <laughs> the 35 mil that we paid in 2016 is a snip oh it's a snip word. mate it's a coup oh. it was a long term investment <laughs> that six years later is, is coming to fruition oh. alright so honestly all you Xhaka haters where are you don't hear you now I don't see you now alright my head is my head Finit. was in my hands during that segment that <laughs> that got out of control <laughs> I purposely turned off the video so I didn't have to listen to it. Just go on there, to be honest. Um, but seriously, what can you say? Are you going to tell me that he didn't have an absolute storm of a game and didn't deserve man of the match? No, mate. I wrote Xhaka played well. And then I thought, there's no point in me adding any more because I know that you're just chomping at the bit. So You have you have said it from day one and you've been wrong a lot. But right now, you, you are vindicated. Mate. I feel justified. I, I knew I was back in the right I think, horse. It, you know I think I mean? it's a shame that you wasted at least four years of prime Xhaka playing as a defensive midfielder. 
Mate, he needed that to hit the, <laughs> hit the place that he is now. We had to go through the lows to appreciate the highs, and that is no more true than our Granite Xhaka. And I, I hope he, I hope he stays out his career here, mate. I really do. I really do. I actually do. Love him. Love him. Would you, uh, um, would you make him captain again? He was captain yesterday, mate. Oh, was he? If, if the is he vice captain? He captain. It's part of the leadership group, and mm. like, you know, you can't argue with that. If the players think he should be captain, then. Who cares if you told the Arsenal fans to fuck off? You know what? Back in the day under Unai, they did deserve to fuck <laughs> off. You know what I mean? Like, he just had the balls to say it. So, you know, fair play. He's play, is he played his way back to, to favour, though. Do you know what mm. I mean? It's not like it's not like he's paid his way or cheated his way back. He has blood, sweat and tears for this club, even though everyone despised him for ages. And I think that's a measure of him. A lot of people would have just gone to Roma, had the easy life. <laughs> Matic, looking at you, buddy. Or Wijnaldum, hey, can handle it in PSG, all can get in the team. <laughs> Off to Roma then. Exactly, no, he stayed. He stayed. I saw a clip where he chose winning the Champions League of Arsenal over the World Cup with Switzerland. All right? Loves it, so I love him. Uh, anyway, that's my 1 minute 45 done. <laughs> yeah, 1 minute 45, they say. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> I hope Shaka <laughs> doesn't uh, perform well next week. Otherwise, these are going to get very long. You're going to run out of things to honestly, say. Honestly, I might have to convert from bloomism to Jackerism. Jackerism. Jackerism sounds because Does. I like Jackerism. <laughs> oh, or oh, even better, I'm a granite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. I am a granite. Hashtag. Get it going, guys. I could be converted. There was one cynical yellow card that he took, which on the goalie just 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 fucking annoying the goalie, just getting in his way and just kicking Loves the ball it, away. Yeah. And I was like, he's still there. He's never going to change. He's still a knobhead. No, thirty-one, new dad. They tried to give us his new granite. Nope, he's still a cunt. No, but you can't rebrand that ass. guy. Yeah. No, no, love him. But anyway, otherwise I'm gonna be stuck here all day talking yeah. about how good he is. Let's so, keep it moving. Um, to keep it moving all in all good win for Arsenal keep it up going into October have to win the North London derby actually just have to not not lose that's the important thing against against. Tottenham. if you play like you did against Man United you're going to get battered because they're going to tear you apart rubbish. on the counter if you rubbish if you play a bit more measured then I reckon you could beat them they only play one good half anyway so yeah, just I mean, go in a couple always, goals ahead and should be fine. It's always tough, North London, but at the Emirates, we can we've won we've won quite a few times there, so we just need to lean back on that and just know that we, we we've done it many times before. It'll be a good game. I think it's two very evenly matched teams that have got a lot better since last season, so you can't really gauge where they're at, but it's going to be good. Um, right on. All right, up the Gunners. We're going to win the league. <laughs> now you're going to believe us. Now you're going to believe us. Right. Next, we have Newcastle versus Bournemouth, which is a bit of a climb down in terms of quality of game. But It is. 1-1, um, by the way. Newcastle 1-1. 1-1, one, sorry. I'm forgetting the format we're doing. But you go, because I know you have some nice things to say about Bournemouth, so it's probably a good place to start. Yes, I do. Bournemouth played well again. Another good performance under temporary manager Gary O'Neill. I think he should get the job until at least January or maybe till the end of the season. He has got... New manager, caretaker bounce written all over him. And since the 9-0 trashing at Liverpool, where Scott Parker was sacked, they have picked up five points under him from three games, I believe. So that's one win, mm. two draws, no losses. They have improved massively as a defensive unit. And like 
without being cliche, they're just showing a lot of grit and determination and heart and desire. And I honestly think Parker every week saying, we don't have good players. We need more bodies. This squad's not good enough to survive. If I was Gary O'Neill, yeah. I'd just walk into the dressing room and be like, fuck this guy. You guys are definitely good enough, you know? Just just like, just like use that, put that on the wall, and be like, do you want to prove this guy wrong or what? And so far, so good. Um, yeah, agreed there. I thought Neto had an excellent game. I feel like he might be a bit of a coup for them as a signing. Because oh, he had an absolute worldy of a game. He was phenomenal. He? Wonder save after wonder save. I mean, yeah. you can pretty much accredit the one point down to him, I'd say. Um, that's not being disingenuous. I don't know what his level is anymore because he's just a goalie that bounced around. He was at Barcelona, but Barcelona just have players that you don't know how good they are. Um, you know what, for me, Neto represents, and this is a bit of a tangent, but the Premier League really is a Super League. If Bournemouth can literally get a keeper of that quality from Barcelona. So he came from Fiorentina. Oh, oh, faux pas. No. Yeah, so he came from Fiorentina. Either way, it's still good. Way. You feel like he's a Europa League goalie, players, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the calibre of players that teams. Yeah, it's just crazy. I, I think of like. Remember Ruddy? I can't remember his name. Was it John yeah. Ruddy? That's who I think of like a newly promoted goalkeeper. Now they've got Neto. Now they've got Baird Leno. It's, it's the best. Henderson, the best collective group of number one goalies that's ever existed, I think, in the league. They're all... It's crazy. I, th- I would I would guess they've all been called up to national squads, probably. They might even all have caps. Yeah. Like, they're all unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just... It's interesting. You know, like, Premier League really does feel like it's pushing ahead now. Yeah. Um, and it's not just because this is the only league that we cover, by the way. It's nothing to do with that. <laughs> best league in the world. <laughs> best, most exciting league in the world. <laughs> it is actually, though. I'm feeling it. Although, we'll get onto this, I'll, I'll bring this back at the end because there's one uh, extra result I want to talk about. I'm just going to drop it on you out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. The Go one on. minute hot take at the end. So remind me if I forget. Okay, 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 um, okay. Is it Phil Billing? Philip Billings, yes. Philly Billy. His goal was good. <laughs> <laughs> it was similar to Bellingham's where it's just a cross that he just volleys in at such pace that the goalie has no chance to... To yeah, react, big sucker punch, wasn't and it? And he he was like the one shining light at Bournemouth, I believe. No, at Huddersfield a couple of seasons ago. Um, he was like their main man, and you always thought he would just get a move back to one of the sort of bottom half Prem teams, but he didn't. And now he's back with Bournemouth. So if big season from him, I think gives Bournemouth a, a really good chance of staying up. Actually, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, who was that other fella? The big, the big fella who. Like the massive fellow that Bournemouth used to have up front. Was he still playing? Sorry, I've, I've, I've really should have done a bit of research. What was his name? Kiefer Moore. Yeah, was Kiefer Moore playing? Nah. Or they swapped him with Billings. No, Del- because Billings. So Solanke is playing and Billings kind of playing in a sort of right, free that's role. Because I felt like Bournemouth looked a lot more kind of threatening when they had a chance going forwards. And there was a lot more pace. It just didn't feel so static. Yeah. I think the, the, the big man up front, Kiefer Moore... It's, it, Probably a little bit too. It's a roll of the dice, that. last twenty minutes kind of thing. Go two yeah, up top. It's not a game plan to, to build your game on. What I will say is Newcastle probably did deserve to win as much as we can praise um, Bournemouth. You know, hit the I think they hit the upright twice. Yeah. Um, they were unlucky. Yeah, they had a number of chances to to put this one away, and I think they'll be kicking themselves because they really it, again no no disrespect to Bournemouth or Gary O'Neill, but this is a game that they really should be winning. 
Newcastle yeah. if they're serious about their ambitions, which they obviously are. Bournemouth at home is one where you have to get three points realistically. Um, mm-hmm. But they're doing well at the moment. It's not the best time to play Bournemouth. There are good times to play teams and bad times. Like You won't want to play Leicester in two months or three months. You want to play them now. Now's not the best time to play Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. They've got a little bounce and momentum. But Newcastle, yeah. stumbling a little bit at present. They actually have only won one game this season, and they haven't won in five games in the league, which is very surprising yeah. as, as a statistic, because I was talking them up a lot, and I feel like they haven't played badly in any of the games, yet they've only got one win. They've, like, you know, they were really good against City. That was a draw, wasn't it? Mm. I think so. Yeah, free Just generally unlucky in most of the games. I mean, we scraped past them by scoring 97th minute winner, but... You know, points speak for themselves. And currently, they're very close to the bottom, which is not where I thought they'd be at this point. No. No, but I guess once Isaac... Once Isaac kind of acclimatises, then, you know, they're going to be fine. And I think they're unlucky today. Like, Jolinson should have put that away. It's and not a goal scorer, mate. could have gone in. Um, Jolinson... There was, there was a number of chances. You know what I mean? On another day, it would have been 4-1. Yeah. That's a sad truth, and... Um, but it is a recurring theme just got now. To continue working you know, on. If it continues like this, you think pressure could be building on Eddie Howe? I think it's a bit harsh. I think they'll have, at least until after the World Cup, or at least the World Cup break, regardless of form. I think the only um, reason I say it is Tommy Tuchel is surprisingly available, and I feel like he would take that job. I feel like it would be a fun project for him. You reckon? What, Tommy T? He can't, he oh, it'd be a bit soon from his Chelsea divorce. He can't divorce, resist a dysfunctional, you know, chaotic ownership. He has got PSG and Chelsea on and his CV. PSG experience, oil money experience. Do you know what I mean? And so, he, for all, you know, for all the things I like about Eddie Howe, Tuchel feels like an upgrade. Yeah, but then also, like, look at Tuchel's end. Like, what's come out from Tuchel's departure is that he's actually a really hard manager to work with, which is probably the, the opposite of Eddie Howe. I imagine Eddie Howe's probably quite easy to work with from a yeah. executive level. So, oh, no, nah, that would be so knee-jerk. It, Surely go for, like, Potch or something. Yeah, it's it's a very hot take. But, you know, it's happened before. Like, with Nigel Atkins at Southampton, he just got binned. Wasn't doing a bad yeah. job. Same with... Um, Chris Hutton, they got Graham Potter in. Sometimes you have to take advantage of the, the opportunities. You know, Tuchel's probably quite deflated right now. He probably wouldn't have normally considered the Newcastle job, but you might be able to get him right now. Mm. I'm not saying I, I'm for it, but too. yeah, I'm just interested. Interesting. Well, I think a good result for Bournemouth and a wasted opportunity for Newcastle. Eddie Howell to stay for now. How about that? Yeah. Um, needs to pick up some wins but, ASAP. ASAP Rocky. Yeah. Now, next game we've got on the list Nottingham versus Fulham. So, Nottingham 2, Fulham 3. Great game, hey? Yeah. Um, very, very good. Two game. relegation rivals in completely different trajectories. And somewhat surprising. You know, some might have thought the trajectories would have been the opposite with Nottingham Forest kind of going up the table mm-hmm. based on their spend. Um, but no, alas, Fulham once again showing their Premier League credentials and yeah, brilliant. Brilliant goals and William looked good. I don't know what's going on at Fulham. I was at the so, this is a I was so anti years. that. I was like, "There's no way this is a good idea." But he did look quite good. I think he got an assist as well. You know what? Something I realised, and I could actually know this is probably not true. Jordan. I was about to chuck out that every Premier League game this 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 weekend has had a corner goal, but I think I've forgotten. Nah, 
Newcastle. Newcastle. Is it Newcastle? Yeah, Bournemouth. There's a penalty. So one game out of six. One game out of six. Mate, two other five two corners, corner goals. Two goals in this game. Corners are a credible source of goals. They are back. I think they because are. I think more than ever they're being weaponised, which maybe is why Leicester are just literally struggling so much because they can't defend them. Potentially, it's maybe just, everyone's it's been never been as important because they used to say it was like a one or two percent chance statistically. There's like one in That's one in I mean. fifty go in, which is rubbish. Now we've had pretty much like every game has a go- has a corner yeah. goal. It feels like it's been like that over loads of weekends. It feels like yeah, there's been now loads it's of corner like goals. Ten, ten percent maybe something crazy like that. It's a major improvement. Mm. So maybe maybe that does explain why Leicester are just struggling so much because everyone's got so much yeah. better at corners. I just like what the hell's going on? Everyone becomes so lethal. Yeah. Um, anyway, and a good game, and again, Nottingham Forest guys. Up until fifty minutes, you know, like they were one 0 Yeah, up. they're playing well. They're playing well, and then needed to keep that. Yeah. Um, they needed this win so badly. Like they needed, needed to dig in deep. If they needed to go five at the back, mm-hmm. they needed to do whatever they needed to do to, to, you know, just get three points on the board and alleviate some pressure on all of them, just the manager and the players. Oh no, you know, madness of like what ten minutes, yeah, fifteen minutes, I think just turned to his head. It really showed the difference between the two teams at the moment. Like Fulham just blitzed them for like fifteen minutes. They got mm. three goals, and it just shows that they actually have more quality and they have extra levels that they can go up to when you know when re- when required. And it feels like Forest are always playing at maximum capacity, but because they don't really know each other, they can't really, they can't really get to new levels. They can't do more things. They just put on different players, you know. So mm. two teams going very different directions at the moment, and a very big marker laid down by Fulham. Um, and you're right, Forest yeah. had to win this because they lost after having the lead against Bournemouth last week, and so they've now lost while having the lead against both of their other promotion rivals at home in back-to-back weeks. Mm-hmm. And that, to get no points at home against the two teams that came up with you when leading at half-time, that is... It's pretty damning. That is damning. Like, they are... Mm. Uh, games aren't going to get easier. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, I think once they went 1-0 up and, you know, everything was going well, they were... It was a, it was a 50-50 match up until that point. Mm-hmm. Um but you could quite feasibly have seen them just holding on for a 1-0 win. There wasn't a lot of threat from Fulham. No. And then they just invited them back in, didn't they? Yeah. They just really did. And, you know, the first goal came from a corner, I believe. And this is what I mean. Like, even when momentum's not going your way, if you're good at corners, that can be, that can be like, the drive for you to go on and get the win, which is certainly the evidence in this case. Well, yeah. You know, like... The first one was a corner. The second one came from, you know, the second ball from a corner. Yeah, Polinio sort of was just standing on the edge of the box and then I mean it was a great finish but no one was picking him up again <sighs> and I have a suspicion that some of this does just come down to having this many new players like communication is not going to be great even just agree. simple things like language like the match of day highlights an issue with Lodi and McKenna not communicating and both going for the same man for the third goal and you think like maybe Lodi doesn't speak very good English maybe McKenna's got a really strong accent so maybe they don't actually mm. know where the other one is or they don't recognise each other mm. and it's like you've got too many new parts that don't know each other that well um, and I think that's, that's probably that's probably the reason right because corners are probably the hardest or the thing that's going to take the longest corner routines how to defend corners is something that's going to take the longest to kind of you know learn together as a unit and you know deal effectively that's something that, that's grown over time it's not something that could be done overnight and then as you say if you chuck in the language barriers which are all the problems that come with that yeah then yeah 
you know, organisation is is not going to be at its most optimum point. So exactly, like who's guiding who yeah. through the games? You know, usually it's like the unit will guide the youngster or the new signing through games. And just like I can only mm. reference Liverpool because I watch them, you know, a lot. Like Henderson would make sure they're always in the right position. So are Van Dijk, etc. But here it's like, is McKenna really going to tell Lodi from Atletico Madrid where to be and what to do? Probably not. Is Lodi going to tell him? Yeah, you no. would almost feel a bit embarrassed. So like, yeah. who's leading who? Yeah. Is it the people that were there or the new shiny signings? That's a really good point don't know that's a really good point yeah i've read even like akanji quotes where he's saying like when i got here ruben diaz is such a leader on the field he marshals the defense like this is something that players need mm-hmm. and if you've got four <laughs> if you've got four you all come in the same summer like no. who the hell yeah who the hell's gonna do it so yeah yeah a worrying time for nottingham forest but i have to say fulham are impressing me all the way yeah and long may it continue fulham um, are looking real good so, Sixth place, eleven points, two points behind Brighton, albeit Brighton have a game in hand, but just shows you the level. You know, the two teams under them, Chelsea and Liverpool. So they're in good company. Yeah, no, they they've they've smashed it. They've surpassed all expectations. Um you feel like as always there'll be a big drop off at some point. But if they can just rack up like twenty five points now before then, mm. it should be fine. It should be chilling. Yeah. Talking a big drop off. Mm. Let's move on to Everton West Ham, and I'd say West Ham's drop off is probably the uh, a real cause for concern. Actually, I read this was their worst start in five years, so definitely their worst their worst start under David Moyes. And off the back of their summer transfer window, you almost expected West Ham to really kick on from their European exploits last year as well, whereas they just seem to have regressed. I agree. It's interesting that it's West Ham and Leicester that are the two that are struggling the most and have the worst starts two that you know mm. went deep in the Europa League or Conference League last season um, yeah. I wonder what that did maybe it's that simple maybe it's just a fitness thing maybe players are just well, exhausted on top of that you ha- we had a shorter summer didn't exactly. we just to facilitate the Winter World Cup so yeah I mean fatigue probably is a big part of that and you do think West Ham beyond their first 11 maybe first 14 15 players there's not a lot of rotation options it's not like they do have a decent backups that are like for like like the big teams nah, well, so once their first team starts getting tired then not exactly maybe that I think, causes a problem I think their forward options they've got they've got a solid six options I think now because they've got Skamaka they've got Antonio they've got Bowen they've got who's that guy who came from Brentford that winger they've got Fordals oh, ben Benrahma Rama. they've got somebody else who I've forgotten so they've got a decent spread of attacking options that they can rotate mm, but a lot of them are out of form though a lot of them are out of form Skamaka needs time you can't just be lumping Skamaka in every game because he looks like he needs a lot of time to, to get up to speed yeah. just, just the league and, and also with his teammates so I know what you mean they have options numerically but I think actually like ready wise and in form they're lacking yeah yeah, the only one who started the season quite well was Ben Rama, probably. Apart from that, because mm, even Bowen <sighs> hasn't looked got great this season, has he? Get him, mate. But again, you know what? He's been there two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I you know. Can't sit but here I mean, and... like it, on paper, it's all there. It feels like. Yeah, but I worry. Will David Moyes have the time to even do anything with it? Because if it continues, it's a similar situation to Leicester. I mean, Leicester's a couple of games away, and they go over West Ham. Yeah, and then suddenly the pressure's all on West Ham and. You know, like we said earlier, you'd want to play West Ham right now, yeah, because they look like they're there for the taking. But then they're not getting they're not getting slapped in any of these games like Leicester. You feel like they've been really unlucky. I mean, don't forget what happened against Chelsea, and then against Forest, they hit the woodwork like four times. I think they've been desperately unlucky 
they could easily be 13th mm. or 12th. We wouldn't be really worrying about them. But they do only have four points in the day and one win. But I do think they've been more unlucky. Yeah. I don't think they're playing that badly. Maybe. But again, you know, they've lost here again to Everton, who aren't the best yeah, team right now. Yeah, exactly. And I guess it's hard because, you know, we don't know. It's quite hard to judge Everton. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. one nil win is fully expected, really. And it's it's interesting that Malpe made the difference because this is exactly why they brought him in. Yeah. Someone who just knows where the back of the net is. You know what I mean? Like, it's as simple as that sometimes. Forget all these inverted forwards and tactics and false nines. At the end of the day, sometimes a team just needs someone who knows how to yeah. play the back of the net. And his goal was all about no that. No one more than Everton. Like, oh my days. This would have been a nil-nil. Mm. This would have been an absolute stinker of a match without him. Um, mm-hmm. it's a good finish as well quality, yeah. he, he doesn't yeah, do easy goals definitely. does he he only does sort of yeah, technically like, difficult goals he's just an interesting player yeah and he's a little bastard as well they do need that Everton yeah so um, be interesting to see what happens when DCL comes back mm. how Lampard's going to play both of them in a team well I think it just takes the pressure off you can actually get DCL up to full fitness as opposed to just chucking him in because that's what they did last time mm. and then he got injured again so probably a good thing um I'm enjoying the rebirth of Iwobi as a Joe Ellington-style box-to-box yeah, midfielder. Yeah, man. Didn't see that yeah, coming. Yeah, man. Didn't see that in the script. Got the assist, didn't he? I was watching him. I was like, God, he looks actually pretty good. Yeah, he's just because he never had enough end product as a winger. Yeah, but he's got so a good maybe engine. Maybe box-to-box suits so yeah. him best. Yeah, and he's got good feet, tricky feet, and you know, he plays a simple pass really well, which I know sounds completely laughable, but it's actually quite important. Yeah, but he's, um, he's quite direct, he, you know, because he was a winger. He doesn't just play mm. a sideways ball. He, he runs at people through the middle. Yeah. It's quite unnerving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you get round one, there's quite a lot of space usually. It's just centre-backs, you know, and the goal. Mm. So, I wonder as well if um, the return of Idrissa Gay has probably helped him. Just like he doesn't have to do as much defending now. Yeah. So he can just get further with the ball and carry it. Yeah, they, they've, built that. Um, they've built that interestingly. I mean, what? They've completely agreed. revamped the whole midfield. They've got... Idrissa Gay, new signing, Anana, new yeah, signing, yeah. and Iwobi reborn as a box-to-box midfielder. So they've actually got a really nice, solid blend of skills in that unit now. And mm, Seems like a really shrewd buy, Gay. Yeah, um, just, bring, yeah, him just back. bring him back. Yeah. You know what he's about. Smart. He knows the league. He knows the club. He enjoyed his time here. Like, Yeah. Just, yeah, good bit of business. And oh, It's been so long since he said that about Everton. Yeah, true that. Um, dare I say it. Things are looking good for the Blues. Quietly. Is Lampard doing a good quietly. job? Because is he doing maybe a good he is. Job? You know, because we all laugh laugh at him and say he's not that good as a manager. But I'm starting to think Everton look very motivated, a, don't they? Yeah, I think he's he. Okay, this is probably a hot take, but he probably could be. <laughs> probably could be. <laughs> well, right. get off the fence, why don't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm just gonna. Yeah. Fuck it. I'm just gonna go for it. So I, I think at Chelsea, he built a good team. In the sense that he wasn't able to have a transfer window, which is partially why he got brought in. Um, but he, he brought the youth through and made them first teamers. Like when Tuchel came in, that was a good basis for a team there, a young team, a determined team that actually went on to win the, the, the Champions League. Um, dare I say he's doing a similar job at Everton. Like maybe this is part of Lampard's film. Because you look at Brendan, for example, as a stark contrast. Would you trust him in building a team? I don't think you would. No. Whereas if you look at Lampard, Malpe seems like a good option, you know, considering the options that are available that late in the window. Onana seems like a quality signing at 20 years old and really Belgian Very international. Very good pick and Gay is a coup at 2 million. Yeah. And it doesn't matter that he's 32. And so, the right back, Patterson, I thought he's getting better and better every game. 
Um, he yeah. was like a shrewd signing, and yeah, I feel like. Well, he was he was Benitez, wasn't he? But I think he was he was shit under Benitez. He was so. Benitez, yeah, you're right. But yeah, he was awful. So actually, yeah, I think Lampard's actually doing quite a good job now. He d- he does improve players as well. I mean, Mason Mount is the the testament of all testaments. Yes. Yeah. Maybe Mason Mount was at his best on the Lampard. Hot takes, hot take after hot take. Um, but yeah, you know, like I'm actually starting to think that maybe Lampard's got a bit more about him than a certain legendary midfielder from the golden generation managing in the Premier. Yeah, mate, Patty V's lost it. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair play. That was decent. <laughs> um, yeah, I think one other thing on Lampard. Like, what do, when we think about Lampard, I think like he brings through young players and he plays attacking football and he cannot organise a defence. But Everton are looking very resilient right now and very stubborn, you know. And it sums up by mm. having Cody in there, you know, that just makes sense yeah, to what they're about Cody's right now. made a difference. So yeah. maybe Lampard has actually, you know, learned what his deficiencies were, where he's brought in better coaches who are skilled at, you know, organising defences, or he's just worked on himself. Yeah. But feels like he's developing as a manager all the time as well I, th- I think I saw well I don't know why I keep saying I think in an interview that I saw of him when he's an Everton manager he was reflecting at his time in Chelsea and I think something that stood out to me was he said that um, he put so much pressure on himself at Chelsea because he loved the club so much mm. I think that was that extra pressure he was Mr Chelsea wasn't he for his whole career yeah. so there's that extra pressure to deliver for your club and maybe that you know took its toll Maybe that was more of a detriment to the team, his love for the club, than actually, you know, actually making decisions objectively, which is probably something that's harder to do when you're so emotionally attached to a club. So, yeah, honestly, like we all laughed at this appointment when Everton went for him. Like, here we go, Everton doing it again. Yeah, They're rolling the eyes. Um, you know, and I actually think there's a lot, there's a lot to go for them right now, and they're going a bit under the radar because of how you know other established teams are probably performing worse. So, it's a good place to be. Yeah, know, they could really build because yeah, they were the story last season, weren't they? They were just an absolute mess. But yeah, mm, they're like I mean they they held they held Liverpool last week. I mean we were unlucky, but the point is that you know that's two clean sheets on the bounce now. I I don't know if they managed to do that last season at all. So quietly impressive, and you know we banged on about young English managers and young British managers not getting opportunities, and now we've got loads of them. So we should we yeah. should cut them some slack actually. I think so. I think so. I mean, the evolution of English manager is going up and up, and I think Lampard is at the forefront of that, which is something I really didn't think I'd say six to 12 months <laughs> no. ago. So Even 12 months Fair ago, play. you thought Gerard was definitely the better manager, but right now, I'm I'm really unsure. Mm. Speaking of Gerard, Aston Villa yeah, won. I knew that segue was coming. Southampton nil. You've done well there, <laughs> done well there still. <laughs> Mate, we're nothing if not good segues. Yeah, we should just be called the Segway Pass. The Seg Pass. The Seg Pass? Pods. Goodness oh me. God. Can't even talk this late in. <laughs> right, let's just move on. What was it? Aston Villa won. Southampton nil. nil. A pragmatic game from Villa. A corner goal, which we feel like we've been saying a lot today. Why um, not? It's a great route. Deserved it, really. Yeah. And although it wasn't pretty, you know, you need wins like that. And yeah, I think Aston Villa had that desire just to grind it out. Um, and nullify the Southampton team which you know given the opportunity can get a goal against you from anywhere at any point at any time so big win yeah. you know a clean sheet as well massive confidence booster for Villa's leaky back line so well yeah it's, it's really yeah. good I mean yeah Villa looks a lot better I think that battling draw of City that they probably should have won has galvanised them and I feel like yeah. similar to what we're saying about Lampard this is maybe like 
the start, the actual start of Gerard's managerial career at Aston Villa now, because they kind of gone down, and now he's managed to sort of turn it around a little bit. So if he keeps it going, this is like, this is the start of the journey now. You know, everyone's kind of mm. in, and he's learning on the job too. But yeah, the international break probably comes at the wrong time for both of them, realistically, just when they're getting a bit of momentum. Yeah. Um, so that's unfortunate. But Jacob Ramsey with a goal, five goals, I think, yeah. now under Gerrard, which is very decent for a young player. He's really good. And here's another hot take. Outside shout of making the World Cup squad this winter and potentially ousting JWP, James Ward-Prowse. Oh, I think that'd be mightily harsh on JWP. Um, y- you know what? It's a hot take. And in a different life and in a different universe, maybe. But we've just got too many players ahead of Jacob Ramsey in the kind of positions that he plays, I feel. Like who? Um, well, how, well, how are you classing him? I'm classing him as like an Emil Smith Rowe kind of player. Ah, uh, see, I'm classing him more as like an eight, you know, there's like. So I don't think he's. I don't think he could play eight for Southgate's England. You need Calvin Phillips, Declan Rice. Well, well you know? Calvin Phillips is potentially now out of the World Cup. Mm. So there's yeah, another spot. Seen that. And I mean. I don't Hendo would go though do you know what I mean it is like, Hendo so many people but ahead even of as a Liverpool fan yeah. I think I'd, I'd, I'd be happy to see Jacob Ramsey I think he's great I do I do too but unfortunately Southgate doesn't like flair players or Mavericks so um, <laughs> back to the line you go Jacob yeah. be, better luck in the next four years Listen, I, I, I uh, think but, it's there to be played for if he if he mm. puts in stellar performances between now and then he could he could get on that plane so it's, it's not unthinkable it's not unthinkable but I think unlikely what's interesting about him is um, I don't know if Gerald's just saying this just to justify that Coutinho transfer but in an interview afterwards actually let's speak about Gerald's interview afterwards because it did reveal some things he was very honest and forthright about their struggles he was very like I need to improve and you know I'm fully aware that I need to do this so I quite like that from him there was no bullshit he was just straight up like yeah I haven't been good enough and you know definitely pointed the blame to himself he didn't pile it on his players at all nah He's always um, been like that, though. Is, he's tough on himself. He's his own biggest critic. Same yeah, as a player. Yeah, but I think you have to be like that as a leader, don't you? If you're not willing to take the flak, then why enough should your players take the flak for you as yeah, well? 100%. I mean, he really kind of sets, you know, threw down the gauntlet to his players a little bit there. But he also said that he, part of the reasoning behind the Coutinho transfer was, was for, to help Jacob Ramsey's development and, you know, have Jacob Ramsey play alongside Coutinho and see what a world-class player, an international player similar in position you know the level that you need to get to so whether or not that's worked <laughs> remains to be seen um but interesting because obviously they think a lot of jacob ramsey there which we know at villa and like you said i think recently in a pod they they must be looking to build around him yeah you know a long-term future with him as the main man in the side so definitely watch that space they'll just be disappointed that they couldn't keep chuck Romeka because they could have had two academy graduates both looking great Mm, yeah, no, true. holding it down. He's, he, I, Double down on Chuck Lecamer. I cannot stress enough how much of a bad move I think that is. Moving to Chelsea, like to to get more minutes. He's the only way he's going to get more minutes is if he moves to um, was it Vitesse? That's the only way. So anyway, well, I'm not no. not told. Yeah, as you know, we've just spent enough of our time talking about Chelsea. Yeah, come like on. It. Tyrone Mings, big performance. Reminded everyone that he should be in the England squad, and I, you know. I would happily see him over Harry Maguire, but oh, we all would. We all would. You know, he got um, dropped as captain, got dropped from the squad, and he came back. He came back roaring. So, 
fair play. That's the best way to yeah. do it. And he could have buried Gerard. You know, a number of players, and I won't name them, but I'm sure I've got a few in my head who would have taken that as a slight when he got his stripped of the captaincy and dropped from the team. And, you know, when he got called upon after that injury to Diego Carlos, he could have down tools. Yep. He could have not put himself up for it. He could have put Villa in a worse situation. It's just not that kind of guy. And fair play. Fair play, Tyrone. Do you know what 100%. I mean? Because we've seen it happen a lot more. Could have got Gerard axed. No, he's got about it the right way. For his place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he's so. getting more credit in the bank. So, again, he could get back on that plane pretty easily. We're not exactly blessed with loads of informed centre-backs. So, just keep it up. Keep it mm. up, big man. Um, John McGinn was charging around like an absolute lunatic at the end. And... I th- when is he not well yeah but like he gave away a free kick and you just think 94 minutes on the clock James Ward-Prowse to swing it in you're like yeah, oh dearie just, me guys, what have you done don't take that risk with the golfer yeah. don't take the risk like that got away with it yeah I think Southampton were pretty poor he's that kind of player isn't he he's just a bit of a shithouse McGuinn but usually he is. he's I would make him my captain pretty decent personally I think he's too erratic you nah you need someone to keep a cool head don't you like they can you know they can get about, but I don't think you want. You know, you had Jacker oh, as a captain, between. and if he gets sent off, then what happens? It's just madness. Nah, bring Jacker back as captain. <laughs> Let's just go back to Jacker. Honestly, granite Jacker. <laughs> oh. No, I know. I, I see why you choose McGinn. He's just you know he he sets the tone, and I guess that's the ceremonial captain thing, isn't it? You know, if you see a captain running, then you're going to run. Yeah. But I do, yeah, I know what you. I understand your point as well. There's a level of responsibility that maybe he doesn't have. But anyway, let's move on. Southampton, not a lot to say, is there? Nah. Really, I don't um, think they had a shot on target until like the last 15 minutes, maybe. They were just pretty mm. rubbish, to be honest. And that is classic Southampton. Like sometimes they'll be making you think that they're like a top eight side, and then next week you'll be like, these guys are awful. They're just super patchy. Mm. I mean. Last season, at one point, they were they were eighth, I think, and it was like January, and then they proceeded to end up about four teams. So they're just they're just hard to read, and they've got even more young players, so they're going to be even more erratic and random game to game. You would imagine. I do like their squad, though. Me too. I know they're Me young, too. but I think they actually had a really solid transfer window, regardless of buyback clauses. Um, and I love the confidence that they're like, yeah, we can develop these top young players. And if they, if, if they do get bought back for those buyout, buyout amounts, then it's it's good business by everyone. So It's it's a brilliant model. I, I think they'll be all right. And they'll just get the responsibility to take more of City's graduates, you know. If they develop them well, the City take one back, they'll be like, right, you can have two more, blah, blah, blah. The cycle mm-hmm. continues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, well, it's an interesting model that they're going for. and. Yeah, I think they they've surprised me probably the most along with Fulham this season in terms of where I thought they'd be as to how they've actually been. Um, yeah, and I uh, see you put a note here for our boy Bellum Kotchap, who we have been praising for a couple of weeks now. Call up to the Germany squad. Didn't even know that, so it's a good little good little fact that you've chucked in there. Yeah, mate, called up to the full Germany squad as well, not the under twenty threes, the full full squads. I mean, I honestly think he looks he looks brilliant. Like I could see him at a top top club. To be honest, he wouldn't look out of place. Like the way he marshaled Mar- Marcus Rashford that game. I know they lost against um, United, but he's a big boy, Bellum Kotchap, and he looks good. Yeah. And he, his his kind of game intelligence belies his actual age, because you know central defenders are supposedly come into their own a bit later than a different position. So I think yeah, 
great signing and well well deserved just one of them isn't he where it's like you'll look back and you'll be like yeah it was clear that he was good early on and I'm not surprised that he mm. now plays for Bayern Munich I've always had a penchant for him because I signed him from um, Ockham the club that he got bought from Southampton for and uh, my football manager saved with Lazio oh so you you um, actually know who he is and know of him because he's very oh, new he made, to me he made like 300 appearances for me took us to the Champions League um, and yeah it was just a joy it was a joy to work <laughs> with Jack <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates that that glowing review <laughs> uh, it's just interesting like you know that yeah he was one that really did come good in the game and he's coming good exactly what's interesting as well sorry becoming a football manager nerd here but the timeline in which he signed for Southampton is exactly the same season as when he signed for me for Lazio so like yeah everything's going to plan mate and he's got called up to the Germany squad this is it do you know what I mean football manager come to life they've got it right maybe we can do a little special Um, gems from football manager that have worked out really well or ones to watch based on football manager oh we should oh we so should we should do a feature yeah, I thought you were going to suggest a football manager play along. I thought, oh, branching out a little bit here. <laughs> no, 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 branching that's too, that's too dry. That's too dry. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants that. Guys, follow our Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the day we're on Twitch oh. is the day that we we've lost it. We've sold, sold out. our souls. Yeah, one hundred percent. But if the money's good, we'll do it. We'll do it. If the interest is there, we'll do it. In this economy, the price of my soul is relatively low. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was just a little teaser, just to gauge interest, guys. So yeah. Leave it at that. Alrighty. Um, well listen, we've done it. Um that is all six or seven games. I'm not sure exactly. And we have gone over six. One hour fifteen, but not by much. That's alright. From what the feedback I've got, that's half an hour better than it was before. So we're getting there. We've just got a we're getting there although we have had a reduced service this week so. don't even worry about it you know we'll be back to our two hour glory soon guys yeah um, we'll be back later in the week or maybe the weekends for internationals um, oh yeah hopefully yeah, yeah, speaking yeah. about how well England did and any other business sounds good sounds good well Jack I hope you have a good week until then thank you very much I wish the viewers a good week ahead as well as always, follow our Twitter, FT Backseat. That's at FT Backseat Football Podcast. <laughs> I forgot the <laughs> handle mid sentence. And I'll let Jack plug LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn, mate. You love it. I love it. It's not dry. It's fun. <laughs> so follow us on LinkedIn. There'll be more socials from next week. Stay tuned, mate. More content is coming, more channels are coming. Mm. Chug, chug, chug. We love this game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um, God bless have a great week and we will see you soon peace